Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let me read the scripture from Luke chapter 3. 16 to 17. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, with the Holy Spirit. And, everyone say, and. Fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Threshing floor is the church. He's going to clean up the church, get rid of the junk, and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff, the chaff means things that we should not have in our life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Bondage, demons, sin, Bad habits, bad attitude, religious spirit, religious practice, all kinds of things that God doesn't want us to have. He will burn with unquenchable fire. The context of this scripture is not about hell. There are four kinds of fire. Number one, the fire of hardships that Christians sometimes go through so that we are tested in our heart whether they, we really love God or not. When we go through hardship, maybe somebody offend us in the church, are we going to leave the church? Are we going to dump everything and say bye-bye? That is the test from God. Two, the fire hell. That's not what we're talking about because we are not going to go there. Three, the fire at the judgment seat of Christ. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, some of us are like gold, some of us like, like silver, some of us are like haze or wood. And on that day, the fire of God going to show whether we serve God, we live in this life with the right motive, right attitude, or do things for our own personal benefit. Or we do things according to the Bible or not, or according to the Holy Spirit or not. Going to be shown that day if we serve God with wrong motive, wrong attitude, or with our own idea, not according to the word, we will not have rewards in heaven. We will not go to hell, but we will not have rewards in heaven. But today I'm talking about the fourth kind of fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit that God sends into the church in order to burn all the junk, all the dross, all the chaff out. After becoming a Christian for 38 years and walking with God all these years, serving the Lord, I have learned that in order for all of us to be mature, to grow up spiritually, to be effective for the kingdom of God, we don't want to waste our time on earth. We want to be effective. We want to be fruitful. 
I have a series of teaching called fruitfulness. I hope you go back and listen how to be fruitful. If you want to grow up to be pleasing to God, God look down and say, "Oh, I have a crowd of righteousness on your head. I'm so pleased with you. You live a life of fruitfulness. You look like Jesus. You become more and more like Jesus. You're not baby forever. You are such a strong soldier of the kingdom." That the devil cannot do anything to you, but you are sent out by God to help other people, to be the blessing to other people. If you want to have that kind of lifestyle, it's gonna take a while to grow. It's gonna take some time for us to progress or to develop to become more like Christ. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in one year. It's gonna be a lifetime process, on and on every year. And that's why in Second Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen, the Bible uses the word "from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory." Glory means the perfect attribute of God. We want to become more like Him. My heart attitude as a pastor in this church: I'm not going to compromise anything. I'm not going to play game. I'm not going to dilute the message in order to please you. My goal is to help you to grow up. To become a strong Christian, so in order to grow up to become a strong Christian, we need certain things in our life. Number one, we need to be reading, studying the Bible. We cannot grow up without knowing the Bible. That's why our church read the Bible a lot. Two, we need to be in a good church. It's like kids that are in the good family, well trained. When they grow up. There will be very strong men and women in the society. Without good parents, they lack training, and they're gonna be messy in the society. In the Thai culture, we sometimes say this kid never been trained by parents. Look messy. No one correct them. No one teach them. So we need to grow up in the good local church. Every Christian should submit themselves to a good local church. Three, we need spiritual covering, because a spiritual covering upon our life will also help us to become what we want to be. If your pastor, like me, is money talker, selfish, building my own kingdom, commit adultery, you're gonna have the same problem in your home because the same spirit. For me, gonna flow into you. There is impartation of the association or of the community. Bad leaders, members suffer. I determine to be a righteous, godly leader because I want to protect God's people. Number four, we need to be disciplined by God sometime so that we can grow up. And I'm not gonna talk about that today. But last one I talked about is the fire or the Holy Spirit. We cannot grow to become strong Christian without the ministry of the Holy Spirit inside us. It's a big mistake if we try to build people up by just studying the Bible, but no Holy Spirit. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and one of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the fire of God. Who comes to burn, to cleanse, 
to purify and to sanctify. And if you are in the fire all the time, you're gonna grow up very fast, very quickly. You're gonna fall in love with Jesus. Pastor Lao cannot help you to love Jesus. Pastor Lao cannot help you to understand all the Bible. Pastor Lao cannot help you to live a holy life. Yesterday there was a question in the dinner time. The question come to me, Pastor. Should I command and force my member not to watch bad movies and listen to bad worldly music? I say that. Hmm. I agree that we should not bad, watch bad movies or listen to bad musics, worldly music that have a lot of bad words. I agree. But the answer, the key to help our members not to go into that direction, is not giving the law. You must. You must. You must. We are not walking by the law. We are walking by the Spirit. So the key is to help members to know the Word, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be cleansed by the fire. And believe me, that member gonna stop listening to bad music naturally. They don't have the desire anymore to watch bad movie because the Holy Spirit work move on the inside to the point that. Well, I don't like this alcohol. I don't like this smoking. I don't like this gambling, because the Holy Spirit is moving and working on the inside. We are in that generation now that we are depending on the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That's the way and the style I build this church. I don't come with the law to you. I try to teach you to walk with the Holy Spirit and give you the truth and build your relationship with God. The more you know God, who God is, and you have a deeper relationship with God, your life will fly up higher and higher like an eagle. But if you don't know your God, all your Bible study is about head knowledge. You will never fly. You will be like a chicken on the ground. Katak, katak, katak. That's Thai way. How, how is American way? Kaka. How about Japanese way? What the chicken say? Kokuku, kokuku, kikokokoko. I still use Thai way. Katak, katak, katak. How many people want to be katak? I don't want to be. I want to be eagles. Amen. Everyone, put your hand. Eagle. If you don't take shower this morning, don't put too high. So this morning, tonight we're gonna have a special anointed man who have brought the fire of God to America, and I'm one of the product that uh, his ministry, the fruit of his ministry, that I received the fire. When I first went to his meeting many years ago, I did not understand much. I did not know how to receive the fire. But all this. 20 years, I met the fire of God in 1996, the first time, 21 years ago. Now I have learned how to receive the fire. I always say this way: It's easier for new believers to receive the fire and the Holy Spirit than the old believers. The reason because old believers have been sitting in the traditional church for years and years and never experienced. So when they come into something in the Bible that Never learned before, they get shocked. 
what is going on? This is not my way of Christianity. So they have to unlearn and relearn, unlearn the wrong thing and relearn the new things, which is in the Bible. So the Bible says, "Baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire." I hope that all of you who are members of this church have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. But I'm not going to talk about baptism with the Holy Spirit today. I'm talking about baptism with fire. How are we going to receive the baptism with fire? Acts chapter 2 verse 38. I'm going to read many scripture to show you. I'm going to prepare your heart this morning for tonight. So tonight you don't have to struggle. Acts 2 38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Greek language, the word gift means the person of the Holy Spirit who was given to us as a gift from God. It's not just Bible knowledge, but the person of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to receive the fire, one thing you need to do is to have the right heart. You need to come to God and say, God, I really want to become like Jesus. I'm tired of living in sin. I have bondage in my life. I cannot go on like this. You are not pleasing with me. I want to get rid of the sin and the bondage and the curses in my life. I'm tired of living in poverty, in bad temper, in addiction. I want to be set free. I want to change. You need to come to God with the attitude, I don't want to be the same. I want to be a new person. I want to be moved and transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory. I repent of my sin. I don't want to be in the bondage of sin any longer. Thousands of people follow Jesus, received the feeding. 5,000 men received feeding. Many people got healed from leprosy. The blind could see demons come out of people. But it's interesting. Only 120 people were in the upper room. Where were those thousands of people? Why only 120 people received the fire of God? And it's happening today in the church. Most Christians just go to church, get to know friends, do the business, finding a girlfriend, finding a wife, finding a husband. And go there just to fulfill their religious ceremony. But they never have a desire to grow up to become like Christ. Or to repent of their sin. And that's why the fire of God is not popular in the churches. Especially in the western country. Because it's all about entertainment. Please me, coffee stand. No, we come to church to grow up. To change. To be used by God. Amen? And definitely we cannot grow up without the fire. We need the fire of God. I'm talking from my own personal experiences because I was a Christian and, and from 1982 until 1996 and I know how much struggling I was before I received the fire of God. We need the fire. So we need to have the right attitude that I want to change. I don't want to be the same. Ephesians chapter 5, 17 and 18, the Bible says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine. 
in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a command from the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He command you must be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's not an option. We need to obey. We need to realize the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled or baptized with the fire of God. Frankly, I want to say this way: if you don't know fire, basically, you disobey God. Because God says in the Bible, He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It's in the Bible. It's not my own idea. I want to obey God as much as I can. So our church teach about the fire, and now you have no excuse that oh, I don't care about this. If you say you don't care about this, you are talking to Jesus and say I don't care what you say. I care what Jesus say to me. I want to be baptized with. I need to recognize the importance of being filled, being marinated, being ministered by the Holy Spirit inside my body, so that I can be blameless, I can be holy, and I can be without wrinkle or stains. I can be the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the fire of God will come and burn all the junk out of me. All the impurities, all the bad things out of me. We need the fire of God. Galatians chapter three verse two. In order to receive the fire, number one, we need to have the right heart, repent, want to grow, recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit and His ministry. Galatians three two. The Bible say that we are not receiving the Spirit by Our good deeds, Galatians three two. I'll read to you Galatians three verse two. The Bible say, "This only I want to learn from you: Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? By faith. You cannot come to God and say, God." You know, I finished Bible school. God, I can read the Bible upside down. God, I'm a pastor. I have a big rank in my organization. I'm a dean of the Bible school. God, I have given so much money to the church. God, I have done so much for you. No. You receive the Holy Spirit by faith. How you gonna have faith? You need to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. In fact, it's opposite. You need to come to God in humility. I don't know much. I'm still far away from being like Christ. I have some weaknesses and shortcomings in my life. I have faith today. You gonna do something in my life to change me from glory to glory to glory. Come to Him like children. Simple. Take off your position in the body. Take off your title, pastor, elders, deacons. Put away your diploma from the Bible school. You come to God like children and say, "God, I have faith. You shall touch me today. 
You shall help me. Burn me. Don't come to God like a Pharisee. The Pharisee come and watch Jesus and criticize him. You know, I'm high position in the temple. You're just a son of a carpenter. You never go to Bible school. You don't know anything. The Pharisee come in with pride. That's why they never receive anything. But look at all these people who have demon possessed, and the fisherman, the tax collector who came with humility and say, "I have faith. I'm gonna follow you. Fill me up." Those people receive the blessing of the Lord. Amen. So number one, have the right attitude that we need to repent. We want to grow. We don't want to be the same. Two, we need to see the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We need to be thirsty to receive, thirsty and hungry for the kingdom of God. God is a gentleman. If you are not thirsty, He will not try to open your mouth and pour water in your mouth. And you say, "No, I don't want it," and He just keep pouring water in your mouth. He will not do that. He's a gentleman. He's very gentle, loving God. You can receive from God only you drink yourself. You need to be the one who opens your mouth and you say, "I'm thirsty." Mm. Ah, so good. I'm thirsty. <sighs> you need to drink. God hand to you. You grab and you drink the living water. John chapter 7 verses 37 to 38 say, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers. Not only one river, rivers. There are many kind of rivers of living water. I'm going to explain this. Later on, about rivers of living water. John seven thirty nine continued to say. Then Jesus explained what are rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Spirit is compared to rivers. To water, living water. In order to receive, you need to drink. You need to be thirsty and hungry for the things of God. That attitude, I cannot force you. If you're not thirsty, how can I force you to be thirsty? It's your own choice. If you're not hungry, I cannot force you either. You need to be hungry for righteousness and thirsty for the living water yourself. Amen. I remember, I, I was so thirsty when I first came into the fire of God. When I went to Portland, and when Pastor Rodney called, I want all the evangelists and pastor and full-time minister come first before I lay hand. I was sitting in the back of the room with Pastor Da because I could not get in the front seat. When he began to say that, I did not understand his sermon because of his accent. I'm Thai. I could not understand the South African accent very well. So, but the only thing I know when he called, 
I grabbed Pasadena's hand. I ran very fast, even though my legs are shorter than American pastors. I ran so fast, and you know what number I am on the prayer line? I was number two. I ran that fast. All the American pastors gonna get up from the chair, walk me, <laughs> run, because I was so thirsty. He lay hand on the first person who is a woman. I think she is evangelist. He he lay hand on her. I never forgot that day. When he come to me, I think in my heart, I was like this, right away. He touched my head. The fire of God hit me. I was on the ground. I laughed in the Holy Ghost for half an hour. Pastor Da got up from the floor. Look at me. What happened to my husband? He used to be a serious man, never smile. Now he laughed. At 40 years old, at that time it was 40 years old, 42, 45 years old. I was laughing like a baby, like a kid, because I was so thirsty for the things of God. I remember one time, Pastor Kenneth Hagin. At that time, Pastor Kenneth Hagin was in the area of faith movement. Teaching about faith and healing and faith and the word. You need to believe in the word, and then you have faith, and you see healing and miracles, which is good. It's biblical. But one day, Pastor Rodney went to Pastor Kennedykin Church in Oklahoma. He moved in the fire. Pastor after that, Pastor Hakin moved in the fire too. After that year, Pastor Hakin began to lay hand on people like Pastor Rodney. So I went to the camp meeting and I watched. Wow, people got drunk, people get filled at in Oklahoma. But I was under up in the balcony, second floor. I could not run down there. It's so big, five thousand member church. I cannot get close to Pastor Kennedy, and he didn't even come to me because he was on the first floor, lay hand on the first three row. That's it. The rest, bye bye. He went back into his room. So he prayed for first three rows of all the pastor and all the choir up on the stage. One day I heard that Pastor Kenneth Hagin came to Seattle. I say, "Oh, okay. I'm gonna go there. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty." So I went there and I was sitting in the third row on the right hand of the church. And Pastor Kenneth Hagin was preaching and he was he start to move in the Holy Spirit. So he walked in the middle row and lay hand, and then he walked toward my row. I said, "Oh, good! Come, 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 come!" I was thinking, "Now my time, my time." I was sitting, maybe the third person on the third row in the front, and he walked to my side, and suddenly he turned back, <laughs> walked to the left. I don't know why. He didn't reach my chair. He didn't reach the the left, the, that corner. He turned around, go there. I say. Ah, this is not fair. He should lay hand on me. I'm one of the pastors too in Seattle. Suddenly, God reminded me of John seven thirty-seven to thirty-nine. Holy Spirit, the fire is like a living water. Why don't you use your faith and pull out your spiritual straw and start to draw? So I look at the back of Pastor Kenneth Hagin. He was walking away, and I, like this, 
within three seconds, God hit me. The Holy Spirit hit me. I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. I was laughing, drunk. I, you know, how, how many people get drunk before with alcohol? I know about drunk, drunk. <laughs> When you get drunk, you cannot walk. You laugh. You just no strength. That day, I was drunk on that seat. To the and the service was over. The janitor of the church came out to clean up to do the vacuuming. Pastor Lau still drunk. I was the last man. The room gonna close. Pastor Da and Tani Da, my daughter, have to draw me out of this. And I was still drunk at home. I went back home. I could not get on the second floor. I was still cannot walk for hours and hours. The Holy Spirit hit me, and He did not lay hand on me. What did I do? I draw. By faith, I was thirsty and hungry for the things of God. Amen. After that, I learned this secret. Every time I went to revival meeting, and when Pastor Rodney called me, Doctor Lau, he called me Doctor Lau. Doctor Lau, I was sitting there when I just stand up. He didn't lay hand on me yet. I start to from him because Holy Spirit is like river, like water. Just draw out of him. I got drunk right after I got up from the chair. I don't have to get lay hand on. Since then, I learned how to draw at my chair with no one lay hand on me. I can just worship and got drunk. I can just pray in front of the restroom in a hotel and I got drunk in the Holy Spirit. I can just sit in the dining table and began to listen to the worship song or some preaching. And suddenly, I draw from heaven, and I start to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the dining room, at the table with the dinner plate in front of me. I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. I learned how to be thirsty and hungry for the things of God. Amen. I cannot be thirsty for you. That's why I say you need to lay down all of your diploma, all the things, and you say, "I'm a child of God." I need you to help me. I want you to help me. Jeremiah 5:24. They do not say in their heart, "Let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain both the former and the latter in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest." The Bible talk about the former rains and the latter rain, which is the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hosea 6:3. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, the outpouring of the fire, like the latter and the former rain to the earth. The Bible talk about the Holy Spirit, the outpouring. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain. You remember Joel chapter two talk about what? The Holy Spirit, the outpouring. So now Joel put the outpouring and the rain together. The former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Then verse twenty-eight, twenty-nine. He continued to talk about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and of fire, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit 
on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maid, men servant, and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Are we in the those days? Yes, we are in those days. God wants to pour out His spirit on all flesh. He is not respecter of any person. If you're hungry, you can be Thai, Japanese, Taiwanese, Chinese, Indonesian, American, whatever, Jewish. It doesn't matter. He doesn't look at your skin color or background. If you're hungry enough, you can receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the former rains and the latter rains. Let me read one more, if you don't mind. Ezekiel chapter, I'm going to explain to you. Why I read all this scripture. Ezekiel 47 verse 1 to 5. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And I saw water. Water. What is water? The Holy Spirit. Coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple. This is a temple in heaven. South of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate. Let me around the outside the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Everyone say ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to west. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water has risen and was deep enough to swim in and a river that no one could cross. You can see this scripture talk about the Holy Spirit as a river from the throne of God. And there are different measures of the Holy Spirit. Some church, a little bit Holy Spirit. Some believer, a lot. So different measures of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let me continue to read. Mark 2.22 And no one puts new wine into old wine skin. What is the wine? The Holy Spirit. The wine in Ephesians 5 is compared to the Holy Spirit. Or else the new wine burst the white skins. The white is spilled and the white skins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new white skins. We need to unlearn the wrong thing. And learn the new thing from the Bible to be new white skins. The Bible compared the Holy Spirit to rivers, water, wine, wind, fire. What does it mean to us? On our side, not his side. On our side, it means not only that we should be hungry, but we should really surrender to the Holy Spirit. We should surrender. We should be humble. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble in James chapter 5. We should surrender. All of us have our own will. Is that right? We can say no. Or we can say yes. We have our own will. 
And God is a gentleman. He will never force us. How to receive the Holy Spirit? Surrender and yielding. You need to yield. You can go into the water and you say, oh, this is how much I want, ankle deep, and pull your foot out and, oh. Or you can walk a little bit deeper into the knee deep. Oh, this is enough. I'm not going to yield to this. This is enough for me. You walk back to the shore. Or you walk deeper to the west. Oh, so cold. Oh, cold. No, 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 no. I walk back. Or you can say, I'm going to yield. I'm going to jump in and swim into the rivers of God. Why God compare the Holy Spirit to wine? Because scientifically, when you drink wine, the molecule of alcohol will get into your body, absorb to your stomach and intestines, get into your bloodstream, and the wine will begin to work in your brain cell, in your body, liver. That's why people who drink too much alcohol have cirrhosis or bad liver because it, the alcohol will destroy the liver cell, destroy the brain cell. Who drink alcohol too much will have dementia when they get older because the brain cells are destroyed by alcohol. So alcohol come in and work everywhere. When you pull up the cup of alcohol and drink, what does it mean? I yield to you and you can do whatever you want in my brain cell, my liver cell, my body cell, my eyes, everything you can come in and soak into me. And once you drink, it's too late. It's going to get in. I try to compare all these things, what it means. It means this way to us. When the Holy Spirit starts to move and touch, you have two choices. No. No, 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 no. I don't want to lose my hairstyle. I don't want to cry because my makeup is so expensive. I don't want to lose my false eyelash. I don't want my clothes to be dirty. I don't want to look undignified because I'm going to cry and I, I'm a pastor. If I walk around with red eye and the stuff come out from my nose because I cry and laugh and I look like a mess, oh, I will lose my dignity. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't touch me. When the Holy Spirit moves into you, you, mm, you say, no, I don't want to lose my hairstyle. He will not force you. He wants to touch you and you push back, he will pull back too. Okay, I give you as much as you want. But if you say, come in, I surrender, you begin to feel a little bit of laughing joy instead of, no, I'm a Thai man. I'm a Japanese person. The Japanese and Thai have to be dignified. I cannot look like a drunk man. If you think that way, you push out, he pulled out, and then you just push, the, quench the Holy Spirit down, and he cannot do anything to you. What you need to do is to yield. When you feel a little bit of laughing, just go ahead and laugh. When you feel like crying, go ahead and cry. When you feel weak, you just fall. Don't fight. Sometimes when I lay hand on people in Thailand, people come and stand like this. Some people may stand like a taekwondo. Okay, if you're so great, push me down right now. I'm not pushing. I just lay hand and walk away because you don't want it anyway. Sometimes people come with the attitude, my wife pushed me here. 
I don't want my wife to be upset with me. So I just stand here. Okay. What do you want to do with me? Sometimes I tell you, I don't lay hand on those people. I just walk away. You know why? Waste of my time. They don't take it. And make God look bad too. Because if I lay hand and they don't get anything, they will blame me and blame God. But actually it's not God. It's not me. It's themselves don't want to yield to the Holy Spirit. It's not God's problem. It's man's problem. Because you don't yield. So when you feel like you want to cry, just go ahead and cry. And don't worry, the makeup you can put again. Don't worry about it. The hairstyle, you can go do it again. Because your spiritual life is more important than the things of this world. Your spirit is strong. Everything going to be fine. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? You think the Holy Spirit and the fire is a good gift? Yes. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Brothers and sisters, we need to ask. Don't come and stand or sit there and say, Hey, God, if you want to give to me, give. If you don't want to, fine. No. You need to knock the door. You need to keep asking. You need to keep seeking. You say, I'm hungry. God, open heaven and touch me. You need to keep asking and knocking and, and pursuing like that woman who want Jesus to heal her daughter. She is a Greek woman and come and say, could you please cast out demon for my daughter? And Jesus tested her heart. Oh, you just eat the crumb because you're not a Jew. If she got offended and she said, bye-bye, Jesus, you're so mean to me, and walk away, her daughter will not get healed or delivered from demon. But that woman was so determined. I don't care what you say. I am willing to eat the crumb from your table. Even the leftover food, I take it. Jesus looked at her. Wow, woman of great faith. Go home, your daughter is here right now. If someone call me and say, Pastor, could you go to that house and pray for that person? The first question I ask, number one, do that person want healing or believe? Two, do they really respect the pastor? If they have a bad attitude and they say, I don't want it, I will not go. Waste of my time. The principle in the Bible, everyone who needs help from God came to Jesus. Jesus never walked into somebody's house and forced his power on his people. Everyone have to come and kneel down and say, Jesus, help me. I'm not everybody's cup of coffee. I cannot pray for everybody. If people look down on me and have a, a bad attitude against the preacher, you will not receive anything. Because you don't heal and you don't ask. You just look and walk out. That's why you need to come to God desperately and respect the anointing on the man that God used that man. Amen? You see, all these little, little things make a big difference. Amen. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. When Paul had laid hand on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Even though this scripture talk about 
the baptism with the Holy Spirit, but God used the laying on of hand too. Not just you drink yourself, God used lay hand to the servant of God. God touched people by the laying on of hands of the minister. In conclusion today, number one, it's God's will for us to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You will not become a mature Christian. You will not become like Christ without the Holy Spirit. You need the ministry of the Holy Spirit 100%. You need to see the significant the importance of the being filled with the fire and the Holy Spirit. You need to be hungry and thirsty. You need to yield. You need to ask. You need to welcome the laying on of hand. When God touch you, you say, God, you can do anything to me. I'm going to surrender like a patient on the table that the surgeon can do anything. If I want to perform plastic surgery on somebody and that person keep doing like this. You think the plastic surgery is going to be successful? No. That person needs to yield to my hand to cut and make the face a little bit have less wrinkle. Or put the suction in to do liposuction. If the patient keep pushing the hand of the surgeon away, nothing going to happen. You need to yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen? And what is the result? The result is that when you swim in the water, you're going to see the fish and you begin to catch the fish. Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit save more souls, help more people. I have learned one thing. You cannot save anybody by your own great teaching and preaching. The person who will convict the sinner to receive Jesus is the Holy Spirit. So when you walk in to talk to some non-believers, who is talking to the heart of non-believers? Not me. The Holy Spirit. So the more Holy Spirit you have, the more anointing you have, the more people are going to get saved. Amen? I share this story, but I want you to see the picture. I walk into the hospital. My mom had a cancer in her brain and her lungs. She's going to have only six months to live. She never read the Bible. She was against Christianity. She always yelled at me after I became a Christian. I walk in and say, Mom, I want you to go to heaven with me. I want you to have Jesus in your life. Could you please receive Jesus? I could not say much because she's older. She's my mom. I cannot preach to her. She said, oh, I'd like to go to heaven. Yes. I say, can I pray for you? She said, okay. She closed her eyes and lay hand on her shoulder and pray. Two minutes later, she opened her eyes. The tear come out and she said, I know Jesus now. I receive Jesus. And she told me, I saw Jesus standing in front of my bed. And after that day in that hospital in Bangkok, she saw Jesus four more times. In the x-ray department, in the room, Jesus showed up. Who saved my mom? Not me. It's the Holy Spirit who 
allow my mom to see the vision of Jesus Christ. If you want to see more souls saved, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to change, you want to see revival, you need to welcome the Holy Spirit. As long as I live and be a pastor of this church, no one can pay my money to stop the Holy Spirit. If you are a billionaire walking to this church, And you say, Pastor Lau, I will not give tithe to this church. I will go to other church because you lay hand and you let the Holy Spirit move. I'm a billionaire. I can give you one million a year to New Hope as tithe. I say, thank you so much. It's up to you. Your money cannot buy me. The Holy Spirit is so important. If you don't mind, we want to hear the testimony of a gentleman from San Diego. And his wife too. This gentleman named Hani, he came from, he's originally from his parents from Egypt. His parents go to Orthodox church. He grew up in a church and later on he kind of walk away. He's tired of all the ceremony and religion and he wants to share how the fire of the Holy Spirit changed his life and his family his marriage and everything uh, so I guess my wife forced me to come here <laughs> no I'm just kidding um, your wife forced you to come here yeah <laughs> so um, I, I didn't expect to be here and so this, uh, this is an honor for me thank you and uh, I'll try my best so I'm going to start with a prayer you know thank you um, God for uh, allowing me to be here and guide me through this today so I'll talk a little bit about just about me, so how my mind works, and so to can explain, so you can see the magnitude of how the Holy Spirit touched me, okay? So I'm very stubborn, extremely stubborn, very strong-minded. It takes a village for me to change my mind. Something simple takes forever, right? Very critical, analytical. I'm, I work in risk management, you know, so everything has to be organized. There's a reason, there's a plan A, B, and C. Everything is structured, you know? So that's how I work, right? So you know, towards the last, we, she met, she converted from Buddhism to Christianity, my wife, T, uh, December 2015, right? 15. Uh, but at, up to that point, we were arguing so much about everything, you know, me not washing the dishes or leaving my socks on the floor. I mean, very simple stuff, you know, but, but exponential fighting and, and explosion and yelling and screaming and how could you, blah, blah, blah. So, and we, you know, she, we're at a point where we're almost separated. And if I ask her to, you know, come see me somewhere, let's go eat lunch, she'd say no. She hangs up on me and I hang up on her and so on, right? It got really bad, really bad. So <clears throat> one day I went to uh, sell, you know, my services to a prospect. And um, there was a lot of Thai people in there. I'm like, huh, we're from, we came from Los Angeles, moved to San Diego. So we have no Thai friends in San Diego, only in Los Angeles, you know. So I, call, I told him, hey, can I invite, Alex was there, and I'm like, hey, can I invite my wife to come meet you guys, you know, because she's Thai and we have no friends. He said yes. So we invite, I called her, and she actually said, okay, I'm on my way. I'm like, huh, that's a first. Usually it's, no, I'm not going, you know. <laughs> so she drove in traffic. It was 45 minutes, and uh, she made it. And I had no idea this was a Bible study. <laughs> so she comes in, and here I'm sitting with my coworker, and we're discussing numbers and metrics and stuff. And all of a sudden she turns around. She's like, I just accepted Jesus. I'm like, huh. <laughs> 
So, I mean, it was a good thing, but I was like, what well, did I get myself into? Oh, well, let's see what happens, right? And immediately after that, uh, our life changed. It got so much better, you know, no, less fighting. It didn't eliminate the fight, but it just really decreased, you know, a lot. We're talking more than fighting. And so I accepted the church, our, you know, pastors and God conditionally, right? There was a reservation. I wasn't really sure, but it worked. So, hey, why not, huh? Oh, yeah, in the first three months, thank you, I need my wife. <laughs> so the first, uh, the first three months of going to the church, uh, I sat in a, just like this is a sanctuary, we have the, you know, the hallways and the parking lot. I was in the parking lot in my car for three hours, for three months. And then slowly I would come and sit right by the exit door outside. <laughs> and then started, you know, I don't want to go inside in the sanctuary. And I started cleaning and organizing and just got busy, you know kept busy, made coffee, and so where were we? We're in, in, uh, right, in the church. That's right. And then Mimi, one of our elders, she, she committed and devoted every, one night a week, every week to take the bus from where she lives to come to teach her Bible study. Again, she's not getting any money from us. There's no reason for this, you know, but she did it out of her heart, you know. But to me, it was like, there's got to be a catch somewhere, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens, right? And then the pastor and his wife took on Tuesday night, so now we would drive to their house, and they would cook for us, feed us, teach the Bible. Again, it's got to be a catch, you know. And I'm sure they're thinking the same thing, you know, this guy's a giant, you know, he, hope he doesn't crush my kids and step on them by accident. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm just kidding. But they, they accepted us, and they really devoted their time and resources and efforts to, for this cause, you know. And time went on, time went on. So one day I was walking, two years went on, actually. And then I was driving from the office, my office back home. I changed from um, you know, my business clothes to dress you know, more casual so I can pick up my daughter. I looked at the clock. It was 4.15. Um, and at that moment, um, the only way I can describe it, I was really sick too. Uh, this plays a role in this. So there was 11 months of a lot of pain in my stomach, my intestines, just very, very painful to the point where I was in a fetal position on the ground crying rushed to the emergency room almost every two weeks. I mean, it was really bad. Nobody can figure it out. All the tests and cameras and everything, they cannot figure out what's wrong, right? And that one night, I, you know, I drove home. Uh, one day I drove home uh, a little bit earlier and said, you know, I'm going to pick up my daughter, spend time with her. I was really just, I, I felt like I was dying slowly. Like, it's going to happen any minute now. You know, I'm gonna, just going to give up. And then I just, I was alone, so there was nobody to judge me. I couldn't, you know, be embarrassed or anything. So I just looked up and I said, you know, God, you know, help me. And that moment when I, that moment, the only way I can describe what happened next was I felt like two giant hands just grabbed me and I, I was frozen, paralyzed. Again, there was no electricity or lights or anything. It was just, I can feel the vibration. Very gentle and, and, and but there, but if I make the wrong move, I can get hurt, you know, so I had to be careful. So I, I was paralyzed. My jaw dropped open. My eyes were moving, but I couldn't move, Right. And my entire life, every single second, minute, day, hour, year, passed before my eyes so fast until it got to 2014 and it slowed down. 2014, 15, 16, 17 was so prominent and highlighted in this vision, right? So powerful. And I realized how bad I treated my wife this whole time, especially those last four years. You know, you know, verb, you know, things I'm, I'm saying to her, you know, using profanity and stuff like that. And that really showed up very prominently. And 
this is, you haven't heard this before, so this is new, right? <laughs> this has been taking time. It's been brewing inside, you know. The Holy Spirit's been like a tornado inside, just cooking. <laughs> so <clears throat> the moment the Holy Spirit spoke to me and asked me a question, said, he said, how could a rose bloom or flower in darkness and it's also being fed toxic words from your mouth? And at that moment, the hands let go. And I can regain control of my body again. And I looked at the clock, and it was still 4.15. So all this happened within a minute. It's an analog clock, so, you know, 15, 16. There's, you can see the minutes. It hasn't shifted from 15 to 16. So this happened. This was a lot of information to be put into 20, 30 seconds, but it happened. So as Pastor Lao would say, this is not natural. This is supernatural. And I'm very critical of everything. So for this to happen to me, it's, it's so supernatural. It's abnormal for me. It's just, it's, it's, it's heavenly, you know. And that moment, it was just, everything changed. Uh, you know, I can feel it inside, and I was really disturbed about what happened in a good way. Like, it shook me, you know. It woke me up, you know. Uh, and things changed after that. And I went to see... Um, you know, I went to the revival, and uh, it was a three-day tour in Southern California, Orange County, L.A., and San Diego. Uh, I mean, um, Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. And this time, you know, I went accepting, unconditionally accepted God in, in, in the church and the Holy Spirit. And this time around, it was completely different. You know, um, I, I felt it this time. Uh, I accepted it. It was always there, but I accepted it this time. And on the way back from Vegas, you know... Uh, Nobody knew this, but I, in the, we had a bus, you know, a shuttle, I guess, and we had a lot of people in the car. And I just covered my, my face with the jacket, and I cried the whole time. Five hours, uncontrollable crying, and there was no sadness, no guilt, nothing. It was just, just you know, pouring, you know. So, again, for all this to happen to me, it's so, when you get to know me, as if you get to know me or as you get to know me, this is not who I am. So, for this to happen to me, this, the Holy Spirit was breaking down the wall that was keeping me in bondage, brick by brick, you know. And it's still happening today, you know. Um, so, you know, I thank God for, for this. I mean, what the pastor and the elders did is they invested two years for our discipleship, not for our membership. They got nothing out of this. They spend money on us, feeding us, and take care of us. So there's no catch, you see. They're investing in our discipleship, and it's so important. It worked. Two years. <laughs> worked. Uh, you know, and when I first met my wife, you know, I fell in love with her beauty. And the second time, the second time I met her, she was singing, it was karaoke, and I fell in love with her voice. All these thoughts are coming to me from the Holy Spirit. Now, all these things are coming in my mind. Is how could I, you know, tell that beautiful face to get away from me, or tell that beautiful voice that I'm in love with to shut up? You know. So, you know, and last thing is, you know, these little things that I argued about, and how can we fight about a cup of, you know, dishes in the in the in the sink that are piling up? And it's so simple. These are simple things. Why are we fighting about them? But it's every single day. I'm having dishes in the sink unwashed. Every single day, 365 days, four years. That's 1,460 days of dirty dishes in a row, no break. So if I was her, I would have gone to Costco, bought a gallon of soap and a box of uh, 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 sponges and said, here you go, I'm leaving you, you know? <laughs> I mean, 1,460 days of every single day filled, you know? And all she was doing is just pointing out that I've been changing in a bad way, 
right? But to me, I just, how could you? You don't like me anymore. Just like, you know, I'm blocking it. And I conditioned her to be quiet about it, you know, not to point out my defects of character. Uh, so the only way she can get it out is she'd had to find the opportunity to scream <laughs> and get her information out so fast before I shut, you know, to get, ask her to be quiet. You know. So, again, God worked really miraculously in, in, my, in my life. And ever since, it's been uh, an interesting and wonderful journey. And uh, I feel my ego is so high, way up there. And now it's crushed down. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. So thank you guys for everything. You all prayed for me and a lot of people from the church. I met you at the revival and, and everybody prayed, but I never accepted. So it ricocheted off, you know, bounced off. And the moment I accepted it, it came in like flood, you know, and it was just powerful. So that's it. Thank you. I can bow for that. The changes happen, like, you know, it slowly changes. Like first three months, he definitely sitting in the car waiting outside. He just dropped me off. The shirt, and we spent about two hours, two an hour and a half, and then we go. And then three months later, he sit like outside still. And then for maybe another five months, maybe yeah. it takes two years, but they never give us on, on us, and then he, they would give up on him, and we just keep praying. And God really answer your prayer. It just has to be in God time. No, not our time. You think two years is a long time, you know, we might have already, like, give up, but we never give, he never give up on us. And he changed so much, even after the revivals in um, Los Angeles first, uh, Orange County in Los Angeles and then um, Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. He come home, <laughs> he normally, he loved Coldplay. So if you know Coldplay, that's the only thing that he listened in his car while he's driving. Now he only listened to gospel music <laughs> in the car. <laughs> and even at home, he turned on the YouTube gospel music, too. And also, he washing the dishes every day. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> you know. So thank you, God. Like, Thank you so much. And thank you, Pastor Lau, so much for bringing the fire of God to our life. It's definitely changing. And we are hungry today. And we definitely expect a lot more today from God. Thank you. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you. As I understand, honey, as I understand, the things start to change in the camp last year. Yeah, you came to camp in August and got touched. Yeah, and after that, you begin to change and experience the, the touch of the Holy Spirit and get hungrier and have to start to have the mind that focus on God instead of focusing something else. God changes. You see, there's no way a man, a pastor like me, can change another person. Only the Holy Spirit can change a Christian. That's why we need to allow the ministry of the Holy Spirit to work in the church. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we can hear the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and of fire. And Lord, we ask you to help us, to train us to be Christians who are so sensitive and so open for the move of God, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Keep us humble and hungry all the days of our life. We will never think that we have arrived, we have finished, or we 
have become great. We are small. We are just children, Lord. We need to change and humble us every day. Keep us, Lord, to be in the right course all the days of our life, Father. And Lord, today you will touch many hungry people, Lord. You will change their life, and they will never be the same, Lord, Father. From glory to glory to glory. Thank you, Lord. If you are not a Christian, I would like to encourage you to invite Jesus to come into your heart. The Lord Jesus loved you so much. How come a man named Jesus, who was a son of God, God Himself came into the world in the form of a man, died on the cross, even though He never did anything wrong. He died on the cross because He loved you so much, and He paid for your sin. He received your punishment so that you can be forgiven. Very simple. You come to Him and say, "Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I receive You as my Lord, my Savior, my Creator. From today on, I will walk with You." If you like to do that, I like to lead you to prayer right now. Father in heaven, I recognize. I admit, Lord, that I am a sinner. I have made mistakes. I have rebelled against you. I run my own life. I did not listen to you. From today on, Father and Lord Jesus, you are the master of my life. I repent of my sin, and I will obey you. I will seek you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. And you were raised from the dead on the third day. Come into my life, Jesus. From today on, I am your disciple. From today on. I am a child of the living God. Thank you so much, Lord. I choose you. I follow you. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. i